0: It's only a
1: serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
2: You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars presented by Tomahawk Nation. We are excited to jump on with you and talk about all things Florida State recruiting. My name is Tim Ellenball, and I am joined by our two recruiting experts here at Tomahawk Nation, Josh Pick and David Stout. And we have a special episode, boys, but before we really break the news, let me just check how the guys are doing on this wonderful day of good news. Josh, how are you, buddy? What's going on, boys? It's been a minute, huh? It has been. It's been quiet, and so we've had to sit quiet for a bit. David Stout, how are you? Doing well. Good to talk to you boys again and good to, good to do
0: another one of these instant reactions.
2: Yeah, means it, good news. It definitely does. You know, uh, the, the, the middle of the season is kind of the slow time for our podcast. We kind of have some gaps here and there as Florida State is, is working uh, in season to, uh, you know, on the field more than they are off the field. But that doesn't mean that there isn't stuff going on behind the scenes. And some of that behind-the-scenes magic came to fruition today when uh, Florida State flipped a four-star quarterback commit from Ohio State over to the good guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Brock Glenn is now a Florida State Seminole. Ah, oh, Josh, this is kind of, kind of out of left field, but not kind of out of left field. How are you feeling about this?
1: Oh, this is really nice. This is, you know, we talked a while back when – Florida State still had Chris Parson committed and Florida State was looking at Brock Glenn and there was a lot of buzz there and they had offered Ricky Collins the LSU commit now and there was a lot of buzz there and we kind of said like Collins might have the most upside, Parson's a solid quarterback, but we feel like Brock Glenn has the highest floor and this is a really nice gift for the staff and credit to the Florida State staff for selling a vision, for winning on the field and persevering and staying with this kid and continuing to recruit him even after he committed to Florida, uh, Ohio State.
2: Yeah, this is a situation that's going to bring Florida State up to the top, I think, into the top 15, the national uh, recruiting ranks. Uh, They're up to 19. uh, Is it 19? Let me double check here. I'm sorry, 16 commits uh, on the season from the high school ranks. Um, I'll have to double check that number because they might have the transfers in there. But either way, they're right around 15, 16. Um, They're going to. continue to add some names in here, but for a few minutes here let's talk about glenn before we maybe talk about how the rest of the season shakes out uh david um this is a guy that i know you familiarized yourself with uh early yeah i think it was even before his senior season uh and then we kind of have walked away from him and we've kind of had to scramble to get back into the brock glenn hype um what is florida state getting in this kid
0: yeah, so this, this was a fun little assignment. Um, big news hit at the end of uh, last week. Uh, that there was some major shifting going on, and, and I think naturally a lot of people's minds went to Cedric Baxter, uh, current uh, running back commitment to Texas and former Florida State commit. But we've always kind of felt like it would be a surprise to see Baxter flip at this point in time because we know that resources – Hint, hint, are a big point of um, emphasis in his recruitment. And and he's the kind of guy I think that if he does flip, it's going to happen on a signing day or close to it or something like that. Um, But as soon as we found out that Glenn was going to be the guy, it was fun to go back. And and I think the first time I know the first time I mentioned him was back in uh, March of this year. And I think we may have even mentioned him before then, uh, just a quick little research. But it's funny to see what we first said about him versus where he is now. And he has definitely risen up the rankings. Um, he's at a low four-star right now, which I think is appropriate. I think that's a good rating for him. Um, he is still ranked below a couple of uh, quarterback prospects that I think is kind of silly. But I like where he's at ranking-wise. Um, and what we had always told our listeners and and those of you who have been with us in the recruiting threads is even when he committed to Ohio state, I think what led him to that is he's got this gunslinger mentality of, I'm not afraid of any competition. You know, doesn't matter what the depth chart looks like. Doesn't matter who's in front of me. I'm going to compete and I'm going to win the job. Well, (laughs) when he committed to Ohio state, we're like, Ooh, buddy, that's, you know, you gotta have a lot of confidence to go to that situation because they are absolutely stacked at quarterback, not just in this cycle, but in cycles to come. And so it looks like Brock has really been kind of evaluating things. And we told y'all that the staff would keep in contact with him uh, because as we had mentioned previously, uh, they've got the Tennessee connection and, and Mike Norvell and Tony Tokars have really relied on that connection to establish roots in that relationship. And so we knew that they were still communicating with him and uh, things developed in a big way here recently. And so I think what I'm, what makes me the most excited about this commitment is you talk about guys who have familiar systems that they run in high school, as opposed to what college program they're going to go into. And Brock's offense right now at his high school is going to make I don't want to say a seamless transition, but it's going to make a very easy transition into Florida state system. They do a lot of the same conceptual stuff. They put a lot of emphasis on the same aspects of his game. And what we really like about Brock, like Josh said, is he's got a really high ceiling. You know, he may not be the guy that has, or excuse me, a really high floor. Um, He may not be the guy who has the highest ceiling out of everybody in this class, but, It's he's one of those kids that does everything pretty well. Um, you've still got plenty of things that you can work with him on in terms of skill development, all that stuff. I think when you look at his tape, the biggest uh deficiency that stands out to me is he gets happy feet sometimes. You know, he'll as he's drifting back in the pocket, his feet will get happy on him, and then you know, that's that's how you overthrow or underthrow a football. But uh, he does everything well. I mean, he's mobile enough, he's got really good decision making skills. And I think what sticks out to me the most about him is how good he is in the intermediate and short passing game. Um, He's a quick decision maker. He actually gets the ball out really quickly for a high school prospect, which is really cool to see. Um, He's got good pocket awareness. He knows when to step up into the pocket and when to take off. Um, I think what I really like about his mechanics is he's got one of those high releases. Uh, So I don't think mechanics wise, there's a whole lot to clean up there um, and I really, really like his, uh, his accuracy and the, like the intermediate game, short game, he has good, um, anticipation on that. You can tell that he's got timing down with his, with his wideouts. And so he's one of those guys that, you know, is he going to come in and push for a starting job right away, assuming everybody else is healthy? Probably not, but he is going to be the guy who pushes those starters because, He's a little bit more advanced in the concepts that Florida State does. And so, uh, you know, I view Brock as a guy who give him, give him probably two years in the strength and conditioning, learn the playbook, all that stuff. And he's really going to be pushing for a starting role pretty quickly, I think. Um, very, very excited about this commitment. You know, we had asked this question All three of us, I think at one point, um, you know, if you could have Chris Parson, if you could have Ricky Collins, or if you could have Brock Glenn, who would you take? And I believe that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but I
2: think all three of us said Brock Glenn would be the guy we would take, right? I went with Collins just to be different. But yeah, the the experts went with Brock Glenn. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, David, you know, as you're going through that scout, the name that kind of jumps out to me in my head, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, it, it almost felt like you were describing Luke Altmyer a little bit. Uh, former Florida State commit ended up at Ole Miss, right? Uh, really sharp with the short intermediate routes, kind of runs a more pro system in high school, uh, but still needs a couple of years to really polish himself uh, in the college ranks. Is that a, is that a fair comparison?
0: I think that's a fair comparison as far as what they're coming in with. Um, because when you look at Brock and you look at his film, I mean, he can, you know, obviously it's all highlights, but you can tell that he's got some work to do in terms of his deep game and deep ball. Um, like I said, the happy feet, his, his feet tend to get happy more and then, but again, a lot of that is just mental reps and getting comfortable with the system and the guys you're throwing to and your offensive linemen. Um, I think that Glenn is probably a little bit less mobile than Altmeyer was. But I'd say they're on similar similar planes, and I like I said, what I really like about Glenn is his decision making and the short passing and the intermediate passing game. He seems to have just a good head on his shoulders when it comes to going through his progressions and choosing which guy to get the ball to.
2: Josh, I, I think when we were kind of talking about this the other day, uh, this is something that you and I and David have talked about over and over probably for two years now since Norvell has has taken over at Florida State, that until the on-field play changes and the results change, there is always going to be a struggle in recruiting. And when the on-field kind of meets what that off-field ability has been for Norvell and Atkins and some of the other uh, better recruiters on the staff, you would start to see the results. Is this what we're seeing finally?
1: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, obviously winning on the field helps, but also getting a skilled guy like Hakeem Williams to come on board. And he also saw the res- results in Florida State starting to play better. And also Florida State starting to up their NLI game, NIL game. And and I think that really helped as well. And, and, and as you were kind of talking about him, I was just thinking about quarterbacks that maybe played for Mike Norvell and kind of seems to me like a more athletic Brady White, who is a quarterback for Norvell at Memphis.
2: Yeah, that's a good thought there. Brady White ended up being a really good quarterback that, that last year under Norvell. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing for Florida State to see Brock Glenn uh, be at that level at Florida State with those type of athletes.
0: And I, and I think to your point, Tim, as well, you know, if we're talking this time last year, there's no way that FSU has a guy like Hakeem Williams committed. You know, there's I mean, we saw with Cedric Baxter, he was committed and then he decommitted because of the state of the program. And you just have to have proof of concepts. I mean, these guys have already proven time and again that in terms of relationships and family atmosphere, uh, they're going to be I, I, I would put them up against the vast majority of the programs in the country with that. I mean, kids just rave about that, but they just didn't have the proof of concept yet. Well, now you've got this. And what I really love that they've been doing recently is they've been getting the backups reps. You're seeing freshmen get in there, um, redshirt freshmen, stuff like that. So they're showing kids across the nation, hey, you know, you come to Florida State, not only are we on the right trajectory, could very well finish with with 10 wins after the bowl game season, but you can play. You can get on the field. And, uh, you know, with Hakeem Williams in particular, I think that was our first time that we could really say, You know, whoa, things are changing here. And now that they've flipped Glenn and you're not only are you flipping Glenn, you're flipping him from Ohio State. I mean, that's a statement in and of itself. And there's some other big names we're going to get to in a minute here as well. So this is a really exciting time. Like you said, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. And we're finally in the last few months, we're finally being able to see what this staff can do with proof of concept.
2: Josh, before we jump to what might be next, uh, building on David's point there about seeing Florida State get players into the game, I think it was after this last game against Louisiana, uh, 2024 commit, Luke, you know, you'll have to correct me because I say it wrong every time, but uh, Cromedock or or, or however you say it, uh, tweeted out something about Tony Tokars and Norvell and, and the players that they're getting out there.
1: Yeah, and and, and Luke K just really has a keen eye on what's going on at Florida State and really watching the quarterbacks. He was excited for A.J. Duffy, and he just said, Coach Tokars is getting his quarterbacks right. Like, he knows what he's doing. And you look at, all of a sudden, Florida State, you got A.J. Duffy, then you got Brock Glenn, and then you got Luke in that in that class, and you got three straight blue-chip quarterbacks in your quarterback room. All of a sudden, looks a lot better, and if you get Jordan Travis to come back, all of a sudden, you don't have to go to the transfer portal and get another quarterback.
2: Yeah. And David, in this transfer portal era, it is so important now to get a quarterback every class because you just never know what's going to happen with, with kids being unhappy.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer special all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, it's massive. And, you know, the cool thing that we've really kind of noticed a pattern in terms of the quarterback recruiting for Florida State, you know, if you look at their targets and the guys they're looking at, they're not going in on the Arch Mannings or um, the Jaden Rashadas, you know, the guys who it is very, very clear that resources are going to play a big role in their recruitment. And you're competing against schools that just have insane resources. Now, again, I put Florida State up against any of those schools in terms of relationship building, but things have changed. And so what you're seeing them do, and I know that Mike Norvell is behind a lot of this, but I think he and Tokars are lockstep on this as well. They're looking at guys that they can early scout. And we've seen it with, um, with Brock Glenn and with Luke Kay. They both started out as three stars. And then as they go along, you start seeing, whoa, wait a minute. This kid is definitely underrated. Now, you know, Luke Kay in his cycle, Brock's probably going to stay a low four-star. Luke Kay may get to, you know, maybe mid four-star, but probably going to be low to mid four-star. But Norvell and Tokars, they don't care because these guys, not only do they have really transferable skills that are going to look good in FSU's offensive schemes, they have high football IQs, they're high character guys. They have these personalities that you know once they get into the locker room and they start developing relationships with their linemen and their receivers and their backs, these are guys you can trust. You can trust to go out there and lead the offense. So I, I'll tell you what, man, when we were talking to, you know, maybe a year and a half, even a year ago, I was a little bit worried about you know, the quarterback room. like we knew that Luke was going to be a stud, but you had a gap there and you're just like, woof, you know you roll the dice on a portal guy. How does that impact things? But now with this development today, I feel really good about the future of the quarterback room at Florida State.
1: And and just one more thing about the quarterback position. Like it's not just winning on the field. It's winning on the field, but seeing the development of guys like Jordan Travis, especially, but also Tate Rodemaker, who for a while there looked like he couldn't play, but he was forced into the Louisville game on the road and led Florida State to a comeback win. So I think that's huge when you're talking about proof of concept.
2: Speaking of proof of concept, Josh, this Friday, Florida State will be playing Florida to close up the regular season. If Florida State wins, that'll end the season on a five-game winning streak. They'll be at 9-3 and three regular season. What could fans expect to happen, I guess, domino falling-wise, uh, if Florida State wins that game and heads into uh, bowl season uh, on a high Potentially attracting even more boosters, more supporters to the rising sphere. Uh, what could be in store for Florida State? Yeah,
1: I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at potentially a New Year's Six bowl. You're t- looking at potentially ten win season, a top ten final ranking, and dominating the state of Florida. Like, hey, look at us! You know, we're still young in our coaching staff, but we just wiped out Florida. We wiped out Miami, and we've got the you know the family feel of the staff. Like, this is where you want to come and. And Florida State could really finish very strongly in the recruiting trail if
0: all these things come to fruition. And David, I'll tell you what, David, man, I, if you ask me, nothing is going to get that money flowing for rising Spear like a big win over the Florida Gators because you've already totally crushed Miami. Now, I don't know that Florida State can, can replicate a final score like they did with Miami. I think UF's offense is a little bit better than that. But they really have an opportunity to win by multiple scores and show dominance. And, I mean, how long has it been since they truly dominated both of their rivals? Plus, you're right in it with Clemson this year. I mean, the the trajectory is there. And so if they come out and play to their potential like they have been these last few weeks and they can stay healthy and finish the game clean, I mean, you could you could see a huge wave of support come in for uh, for rising spear. And I'll tell you what's going to be the most interesting for me is if FSU can come out and beat Florida like they should. Quite frankly, they should win this game. Watch the 2024 class and watch the 2025 class because those kids are really paying attention to things right now. Um, especially in the state. Like, you know, Miami has Mario Cristobal. He runs his mouth, blah, blah, blah. They've got some excitement. You know, you've got the new coach smell at Florida, and all of a sudden you've got a surging Florida State. Maybe it's cooler to stay in the state of Florida now. Maybe you don't have to leave to, to be on those big stages and things like that. So I can't wait to see how this ripples through 2024 and 2025. And I'll tell you right now, FSU has a couple guys in the 2024 class who are not afraid whatsoever to voice their opinions and uh, do a little bit of trolling on social media. So, you know, they'll be vocal.
1: Yeah. The, the chief guy there being a safety commit CJ Hurd He's an absolute monster on the trail and just a, just an epic troll. But uh, I think, as you mentioned, like future classes, but also I think all of a sudden you can sell, Hey, you know, in the transfer portal, not only can we you come here and we can develop you into a first round pick or an early round draft pick, but all of a sudden you have a chance to compete for an ACC title at Florida state and potentially, you know, go to the college Football playoff next season. If you come to Florida state. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You know, you guys know me, I I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I'm negative. You know, the Florida, <laughs> really, game, Tim? The Florida game, you know, scares me. I just, for whatever reason envision Anthony Richardson running for days and days, but uh, if Florida state comes out Friday and just runs away with that game, Uh, especially early, which I think is going to be the key, kind of getting Florida to quit there. Um, I I think there's definitely some some names. Now, obviously, there's probably even more names than we even know. Uh, David, I I just wanted to see if maybe there's just one or two names you want to drop that potentially to keep an eye on uh, if Florida State pulls off this win on Friday.
0: So what we're really going to be looking at is the two major visit weekends in December. So you've got the December 9th weekend and you've got the December 16th weekend. Now, so far it looks like the strategy is December 9th, maybe a little bit smaller, uh, but they're going to bring in, that's the weekend they're going to bring in Derek Hunter, who again was, he goes by Rambo Rambo Hunter. So he, at one time was a Florida state commitment. Uh, There were some immaturity issues there. He ended up going to Texas A&M started out on the defensive line. They switched him to offensive tackle Uh, He didn't like that. And I think there were probably still some immaturity things going on. So he went the JUCO route, but now he's absolutely crushing it in JUCO. He has seen proof of concept with Florida State defensive linemen and the staff must feel good about where his head is and his attitude because they've offered him and he's coming in on December 9th. Um, You may also have a few more prospects come in on the 9th, but what we're seeing the strategy is. All of the commitments, particularly the big-name ones, are coming in on December 16th. That's going to be the big weekend. So I'll tell you right now, if there are some prospects who all of a sudden think, Woo, Florida State could be an option, I still have an official visit to use. When can I do it? That's going to be the weekend they're going to push it for. And, of course, the name, one of the names we've really been watching, it's no secret, is Cedric Baxter. Um, Again, like I said earlier, this is going to come down heavily to resources, but he also clearly likes his relationships with Florida State. Um, Now, if it's just resources and resources alone, FSU cannot compete with Texas. But if the relationships matter to him and he likes what he sees on the depth chart and sees that Florida State plays Buku running backs, maybe they can flip him. Now, the other name that is very, very interesting is, Josh, tell us.
1: Uh, Kylan Webb from uh, Clemson, defensive back, commit there currently, but uh, visited Florida State this past weekend for the Louisiana romp and uh, with the families.
0: That's always interesting to know. And the key word there – yes, sorry, here comes Sadie. Sadie's really excited about Kylan Webb. So the thing that's really interesting with Kylan Webb is the key word there is Clemson commit. Now Clemson, we all know, Dabo does not like his boys – visiting other programs and so we're going to see that strategy is ancient he he would be foolish to continue that strategy in the current era of recruiting but he's shown that he's very slow to adapt so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with kylan webb because that was not an official visit that was an unofficial visit so kylan uh not only is looking like a probably a multi-year starter in the defensive backfield at the next level but he's got a great head on his shoulder strong character kid wired right and uh what's going to be interesting there is if he decides to take an official visit to florida state is clemson going to pull the same shenanigans that they did with uh oh geez i already forgot his what's 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 that that Yeah. yeah that kid um who eventually went back and that's fine good for him but are they going to pull those same shenanigans with a kid like Kylan? I don't know. We're going to have to see and find out. But there could be more Kylan Webbs on the way, especially depending on how Florida State looks, because they've got prime time on Friday night all to themselves. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, just a,
1: a, couple, a couple of South Florida kids that I'm kind of keeping an eye on that, you know, they visited Florida State multiple times. But if Florida State obviously dominates Miami, and if they go and beat Florida, Damari Brown, uh, cornerback, and then – defensive lineman Ruben Bain like those are the two I'm looking at can Florida State go down into South Florida and land some blue chip prospects
0: you've also got Edwin Joseph in there as well and you know that with those three guys Hakeem Williams is in their ears
1: yeah I do know that Edwin Joseph visited uh South Carolina for their big win over Tennessee so obviously they're going to give him something to think about as well
2: I tell you the Ruben Bain one really sticks out to me as an odd recruitment because I I knock on wood, I don't think he's going to end up at Miami. Um, yeah. and, and Louisville's really kind of done a really good job there. And, you know, you, maybe you got that that new Lane Kiffin coach juice at Auburn that happens or something. Um, but I, I think Florida State has a chance to steal Ruben Bain kind of in the, uh, the same mold. They stole Timmy Jernigan all those years ago from Florida and, and kind of a similar thing. And um, so we'll see what happens there. Those are some big names. Uh, credit to Knowles 24-7 on the web uh, information from this past weekend. So uh, it's it's really going to come down to this Friday and then uh, seeing how much of the chips Florida State really pushes in. So it's going to be an exciting uh, month. And, oh, man, we are basically a month away from early signing day. Uh, I think it's the 21st of December. So, yeah, uh, which is – yeah, so we're, we're pretty much one month away. Uh, we'll see how much of Florida state's class they can lock up in that early signing period. It'll be interesting. If any of the, the kids hold out, uh, we hopefully we won't see that, but Josh, I know you want to jump in there.
1: Well, I just want to say, hopefully it's a better early signing than last year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's uh, I'm not going to say it, it'll take a lot to be worse. Cause I could just be setting us up, but yeah, it, Whew, let's not repeat last year. Definitely, definitely.
0: Hey now. Hey now. All I, re- I don't know what y'all are talking about. We may have had a decommitment or two, but all I remember is them landing Julian Armella. I and thought I, it was a great sign. Thought... Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm...
0: you're, you guys are dead on. It's going to be interesting. I know that Florida state is really pushing hard to make sure as many guys sign early as possible. And uh, those who don't, we're going to see what happens. But to your point, Tim, about Ruben Bain, just really quickly, he strikes me similar to Wesley Besant last year in that these kids give Miami the hometown discount. They, they give them every reason to convince them to go to Miami. And ultimately, Wesley Besant found that reason. I, I'm with you. I don't know that Reuben Bain's going to find that reason. And so, you know, the kids, you, you hear them talk about making business decisions. Well, business is really good at Florida
2: State right now.
0: So we're going to see what happens if they can get some business decisions to go in their favor.
2: Well, if we get any Ruben Bain scoops, you all will be the first to know because we will have it on Tomahawk Nation in our official recruiting chat, uh, our thread. And in addition to that, as these next few weeks play out, uh, this is kind of busy season for us. So we'll, we'll try to have a podcast as soon as we have more information, more news, more commitments, more smoke. We'll definitely have an early signing day preview, try to get maybe some of those visitor weekend previews as well. Uh, but, boys, before we call it a day, that was a little bit longer of an instant uh, reaction because we actually dove in a little bit more. But anything to add before we, uh, you know, celebrate the rest of this night with Brock Glenn?
0: No, it's just
1: an exciting time to be a Florida State fan and, and good to get reunited with you boys again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing that we want to say again is Brock Glenn. The Glenn family, welcome to Florida State. So excited. You know, it's funny how things work out. It took a little bit longer than we all anticipated, but happy that things have worked out and uh, welcome to the family.
1: And just a, a huge thank you once again to our Tomahawk Nation community, all our readers, and uh, especially our recruiting thread junkies. Like, you know, those are like family to us.
0: Absolutely, that y'all make it worthwhile, and uh, we you pray you may not hear from us again before the holidays, so we wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Um, we're very thankful for you because you make it worthwhile, and y'all are the reason that we do this.
2: Well, we are the Florida State of Recruiting Podcast. Check us out, Tomahawk Nation on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever. Let's leave us some reviews, some likes, all that good stuff. Uh, but for Josh Pick, for David Stout, I'm Tim Allenball. This has been The Three Stars. Let's keep climbing.